In the quaint village of Snow Hill, Maryland, sits the River House Bed and Breakfast. Inside this historic B&B, you'll find charm, peace, and world-famous waffles. Outside of this charming location, you'll find a final resting place. I'm Christina. And I'm Kristen. And today on The Real Crime Podcast, we will be covering the death of Christine Shetty, and the B&B where she nearly spent eternity. So Snow Hill, Maryland, really cute. It actually reminds me of kind of one of the quintessential New England towns. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's yeah. It's not, though. No, it's, def- it's definitely not. <laughs> it's it's just always funny because so of all of the places that I've lived, and there have been a couple in my lifetime. Just a few. <laughs> just a few. Um, Maryland has always kind of been one of my favorites because – You've got like Ocean City, Maryland, which is like the Jersey Shore kind of beachiness, uh, you know, boardwalks and all of that. Um, if you've got Baltimore, which is like city, very My cool hometown, your hometown, your hometown, very, very, very cool. Little Italy there is like amazing. They still do um, movie nights and stuff on one of the brick walls where you bring your lawn That's chairs fun. out and they project movies and. It's also got all of, like, the fall leaves and fall foliage. Like, you still get that with, like, horses and just, like, charm. And there's a lot of history. A lot of history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. There was a lot of, like, Civil War stuff down there. You know what I mean? So it's it's definitely probably my favorite state that I've lived in. No offense, Connecticut. I've chosen Ow. you. I know. I mean, I'm here. So <laughs> here I am. Um. And so the River House Inn, which is located in Snow Hill, Maryland, is super cute. It's such an amazing location. It's like 40 minutes drive to the Ocean City beaches. There's canoeing. There's kayaking. It's right on like a a river body there. And all the things you'd expect to surround a and b basically. I really wonder if they'll pay us for free advertising. I mean, well, like, it wouldn't be free if they paid us, but like, it's really cute. <laughs> right now, it's just really free advertising. I mean, like, the River House Inn, go, go, go. <laughs> I, well, what's funny is I researched this and then checked their rates to see if they had any rooms available because I was like, ooh, I really like this place. Like, what is it going to cost me to go down there? Like, this is adorable. Meanwhile, um, we're, we're going to cover it today. So that's never a good thing. Um, <laughs> but hey, you know, I guess we have to make the best of it. So, and and honestly, our our story today doesn't start here. It actually ends at the B and B, but that's kind of the the final piece of it. And obviously, it's the real estate related. So we're gonna kind of start there. Our story actually begins with a young woman named Christine Shetty. So Christine was a bright, funny woman with her life ahead of her. She met and fell in love with a man named James, who went by Jimbo. 
and by man he was at that time a boy because they were still in high school well yeah he was he was like fresh out of high school still a boy like he was in his early 20s exactly she was like 17 i think when they met or something and they were inseparable and then there was this one day where james suffered an awful accident at work he worked in construction and he actually fell from a building and broke both of his ankles sounds extremely painful i can't even imagine um while being x-rayed for that though the tech discovered Ewing sarcoma, which is a rare form of bone cancer. It was so advanced that there was no chance of survival for James. And Can you imagine? I can't. Going in for like, you think you're just getting an x-ray of I your mean, isn't it ankles because you fell at work? Right. Isn't it bad enough, too, that he fell and broke both of his ankles? Right. And then he's going in and finding out that he has cancer. Like, I mean, and, and not even treatable cancer. Right crazy well that's that happened to a co-worker of mine her her like best friend went on this work retreat and tripped and fell and hurt her knee her knee kept hurting like it kept mm-hmm. bothering her she ended up going in and finding out that she had this like wicked rare form of cancer and like she she passed i want to say like maybe like eight years ago now seven years ago something like that no, 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 because she was still alive when Cozy was around. So probably like four and a half to five years ago. That's crazy. It is. It's totally nuts. Totally nuts. So when James passed, Christine, a a part of her really died as well. He was kind of like her person, her her lobster, you know, like they were just meant to be together, even though they were really young. So Christine, having recently been a high school student sought comfort in old friends from high school after his death she just wanted and needed something familiar and in a distraction just a little bit and in doing so she found mitch long story short no one liked mitch mitch was just he was violent he was controlling this was an awful match but when you've suffered the type of trauma that christine has at this point in her life I don't think she was willing to see any red flags. I think she just wanted. She just needed a companion. Something. Exactly. She just needed something there. And Mitch happened to be there. So whatever. The two had a tumultuous relationship, which resulted in black eyes, bruises, and two babies. She finally left Mitch and moved back in with her mother. Now, she and her mother loved one another, but like any mother and daughter, um, they bumped heads once in a while. And because of that, one day, November in November of 2007, Christine stormed out of the house. That would be the last time that her mother would ever see her. So Christine had just left to go to a friend's house about 75 miles away from her mother's home. The friend, Tia Johnson, lived on a farm with her boyfriend, Junior Jackson, and her cousin, Justin Hadell. So Tia was also a single mom. She and Christine had a lot to commiserate about. Tia was happy to have Christine and the kids join her kind of makeshift family over there. No, she wasn't meant to be there for that long, right? No, she was just... She was just visiting for like a weekend or something? I I think she was staying for a bit until things cooled down between her and her mom. She was kind of like couch surfing for a little while. So, I mean, 
because basically two weeks after this, Christine's mom got a call from Junior, who was Tia's boyfriend. Junior told her that Christine was missing and she had left the boys behind at the farmhouse. That's definitely never a good sign. Right. And this was enough to shake Christine's mom to the core. Basically because she knew that Christine would never leave her kids. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So something so, had to be wrong. There is an episode of Buried in the Backyard and her mom goes on to say that she would have to be dead to leave those boys behind. And so that's like the first thing that's coming to Christine's mom's mind at this point. So Junior also told her that they'd already reported her missing. And to me, this is pretty advanced. Like, I feel like... I probably would have called the mom first before reporting her missing. You know what I mean? To be like, did she leave? Did she come to you? Like, how long has she been gone? Yeah, I don't true. know. Like, like, find out maybe. if Like, did she go try and work things out with Mitch, the boyfriend? Like, have they called around? Like, what's the right. scoop? Like, that they just jumped to, she's not there. It seems a little weird. And like, granted, I think usually people wait too long to report a person missing. But in this case, I almost feel like they did it too quickly. Like, they didn't go through any stuff all the avenues exactly exactly so lynn christine's mom got involved immediately she knew that christine like i said would literally die before abandoning her boys it was tia who discovered that christine was missing tia came home from running out to the store to find the boys alone in the home with no sign of christine Justin and Junior were on the property, but not at the farmhouse. And according to them, they had no idea where Christine had gone to. Now, all of this happened before Lynn was called? Yes. All of this. And that's that's why I'm saying, like, Lynn wasn't called. The boyfriend, ex-boyfriend wasn't called. Like, the, you know, Mitch, who's the father of her two boys and stuff. Like, And now Christine didn't have a car, so it was a little odd that she was gone. Someone must have come to pick her up. But I, I don't know. I don't know. So they had the police come to the house and yes. search before telling her mom anything? Yes. That's weird. Right. Right, right, right. So the police came, they questioned everyone, and then they proceeded to search the home and the property. In the search, Tia found a letter from Christine. Now, given that all three of the adults at the farmhouse were so concerned, they didn't for a second suspect any of type, you know, any type of foul play within them. But the letter seemed to be kind of a thank you as if Christine were leaving and wanted to let Tia know she was appreciative. Uh, but where did she go? What had happened? Why were her boys not with her? There's so many questions left behind with that. The police began to suspect that Christine had left on her own, abandoning her children and starting a new life. Lynn just could not imagine this being the case and didn't feel the police were taking it seriously enough. I have to agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she in that episode of Buried. Yeah. I don't know why I wanted to call it Buried Alive. But buried Alive. Oh, buried, even worse. What is it called? In the backyard. That's it, yeah. Um, she was saying that the police were telling her, basically, that they... This was definitely the case. They weren't even going to bother. Yeah, they were. Like, this was just a case of her leaving. Yeah. And abandoning her kids. And like, basically, so Christine, um, 
Well, Lynn said, look, you know, Christine would never just leave. How about I think Mitch did something. Mitch was involved somehow. And so they go to this abusive ex-boyfriend, Mitch, and he's got like a solid alibi. And and he has her diary, right? He has like journals of hers, which which is kind of strange to me. But then again, if she had just sort of like up and left, she probably left some stuff behind. Right. Um. And with that, he's got this airtight alibi and he gives these journals over to the police. Now, inside the journals that did belong to Christine were the names and numbers of three adoption agencies. So she had like written that she was. This and, and these were from like years prior. I think she was going through like a really tough time. And there was a point where she thought about like giving the boys a better life basically right. and like putting them up for adoption. But she never went through with it. At this point, Christine, who was a missing person, was actually charged with child abandonment. So they charged her in her absence with Which abandoning her children. Also seems like a pretty big jump. Like you're not going to investigate at all and then just charge a missing person. With- it, it seems really strange. Like I don't think she was a squeaky clean person. Like I think she'd made some mistakes in her life. But I also don't think she had like a rap sheet a mile long to make her think that she disappeared. Like it's definitely out of character and everyone close to her said so. I mean they told the police that's not the case. Like she wouldn't just up and leave. It was weird. I mean, it was so weird that three adults that she was staying with who found her boys unaccompanied called the police. Like, you know, didn't call her mom, didn't call anybody else, called the police. So at this point, Lynn, Christine's mom, is just like losing her mind and rightfully so. She was at this point under the impression that the police were actively treating this case as a missing missing persons case. And in reality, that that wasn't the case at all. They were basically just ignoring it. The case had gone stale. There were no suspects. Lynn made sure that this wasn't the end, though. In her mind, she felt like she had made a promise to Christine. And she felt, you know, that she owed it to Christine to find her. And she was going to do so at any cost. I mean, forget the promise. If I, yeah, my daughter had gone missing. Yeah. And no one was like trying to find her oh i'd be infuriated i'd be infuriated i would do exactly what lynn ends up doing absolutely absolutely i would be like so aaron brockovich on that it's not (laughs) even funny it's it's insane so lynn becomes the squeaky wheel you know before they knew it it had been nearly two years since there had been any type of contact with christine no activity on her banking credit cards also really weird for someone who just like up in stopped her life right super bizarre and then suddenly it's like lynn's prayers are answered so in the buried in the backyard episode yes. lynn's saying that she spent every day of those two years her daily routine was wake up go on the computer and spend the entire day on the computer looking for leads looking for leads looking for possible like suspicious activity in the area and also consistently reaching out to Tia who was Christine's best friend who she was living with at that point and harassing her and you know well Tia didn't want any inform like um any contact with her which was kind of weird yeah and yeah. so Lynn started posting on 
like Facebook Public. MySpace, yeah. like because that was still a thing, yeah. like that kind of thing. So yeah, like putting putting things up and literally scouring the internet for anything that could be her daughter. In Lynn's words, she was stalking Tia. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm with her. I'd be doing the same thing. Then suddenly on March 24th in 2009, a body was discovered in the same county that Christine went missing. A hiker located skeletal remains of a woman that couldn't immediately be identified. The death appeared to have been done by uh, blunt force trauma. And Lynn was was literally just sitting there on pins and needles waiting for who this person was. Exactly. And it wasn't Christine. But that sparked. Exactly. That definitely. Fire. Yeah. She was like, well, if we can get close, you know, like if there's still something out there that hadn't been found, it's possible. So it happened to be the body of a sex worker who had been missing from Maryland for quite some time. After this dreadful dead end, once again, Lynn actually received a harassing phone call from a local detective. He referred to Christine as a sponge on society and reiterated that she had abandoned her kids and walked away. What makes you think that if if she has no activity on any of her credit cards or any like cell phone use, no, nothing, no activity on anything? How how would she have done that? I and, wonder. Now, granted, this is like 2009. And so smartphones and stuff weren't as prevalent you know because they came out in what 07 or something like that i think the iphone launched in 07 but okay cool (laughs) all right cool um (laughs) the history of smartphones um but there were you know it was still one of those things where like you still took your phone with you everywhere and they could still track data and usage and it's just like a person doesn't just disappear like i just don't understand what they think she did like how how is she how is she living exactly exactly it's crazy so when this phone call came in lynn just became more motivated she was so determined to find her daughter at this point she actually started blogging and going even further in her internet searches even though she was up against all sorts of trolls lynn one day you know stopped getting any type of response back from tia who was the friend and it was like Tia was avoiding her or just lost interest in Christine being missing, which is really, really kind of strange because this is like her best friend. And she's right. just like, well, she, you know, she's gone. Oh, well, like that. How would you? Like, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't be concerned at all. Like she disappeared from your house, man. Right. You don't care anymore. Right. Like, what if you go missing? You know what I mean? Like, what What if something happened anyway? So. Like we said, Lynn dug in. She stalked Tia. And Lynn found out from sources close to Tia that Tia may have known more than she was letting on. Finally, in 2010, Lynn discovered that Junior Jackson, if you remember, that was Tia's boyfriend, had been arrested for arson and was in prison. Uh, was in prison. Priston. Prison. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, this actually would have been his third offense. And... This was in the state of Tennessee. And because of the Tennessee, like, third strike law, he was basically looking at life in prison. So he was trying to get out yes. of that. Yes. He was looking for some anyway. deals. Exactly. So suddenly he was ready to talk and reached out to Lynn. Finally, Lynn knew she was going to get some answers. He admitted to knowing where Christine's body is and would lead them to her for a deal, of course, in Tennessee. Some nerve. So 
Nevertheless, the truth came out. So what did happen? Because that's really the question at this point. We know it was something, some type of foul play, but what did happen? On the day Christine disappeared, Tia had run out to do some errands. That much was true. The boys had fallen asleep for their nap. Christine and Junior, who was Tia's boyfriend, according to Junior at this point, slipped into the woods for a secret rendezvous. According to Junior, again, he and Christine couldn't keep their hands off of each other. But for Justin, Tia's cousin, that was a problem because Justin desperately wanted a relationship with Christine. So Justin followed them into the woods. Enraged that the two were having sex, Justin grabbed a shovel and beat Christine to death. Panicked. This makes no sense to me. I know. Panicked, they disposed of the body in a shallow grave on the property of the farmhouse on Bird Road in Pocomoke, Maryland, which is the farmhouse where they've been. Realizing that this could last, that this couldn't last, they decided they had to move her property, they had to move her body off of the property. And so they moved it to an area in Snow Hill. That area in Snow Hill was the backyard of the B&B, the River House The one we Inn. mentioned in the beginning of the Exactly. Episodes. The very cute and charming one that I looked up rates for. But anyway. So you see that at this point, Junior had been working at the inn and he Doing knew. Like construction stuff. Yeah, exactly. And there was kind of like this ditch in the back. And so he knew about it. And so what they did is they moved Christine's body there, covered her. And Junior was able to draw a map leading investigators directly to her body. And at first, they thought it was actually kind of a false lead, but then they discovered a sneaker and they were realized digging for some time. I yeah, guess they were definitely digging. So there had been some construction going on at the BNB, um, which is yes. why Junior was there. So there were like dug up holes in multiple places. Yes. Um. So it was a good. He got the idea that it would be a good place to dump her body because no one would no think one twice would, about disturbed like the, land. Exactly. Like it wouldn't be strange that there was like a disturbed earth and stuff and, right. and piles of dirt. So that was actually a pretty good idea. I mean like she probably would never have been found. If he hadn't admitted it, it's unfortunate. Right. Yeah. It really is because you figure like unless they had to excavate it for some reason, but like why why would they? You know right. what I mean? And by then it would be Probably she would just be a skeleton. Right. Skeletal remains. Absolutely. Maybe with some clothing because she was she was buried in her clothing and everything. So Junior drew this map leading investigators directly to her body. Investigators knew at this point that what they found wouldn't be good, but at least it would bring some closure to Lynn. And how bad did they feel? Oh, my God. I I hope I hope that they apologized. So I know they didn't. It's just one of those things where it's like, I know they didn't, but man, I hope they apologized because God, they owe it to Lynn. They, they owe so much to her, but it's crazy. I mean, she basically did their job. I know. I know. It's disgusting. And Lynn actually talks about the fact that like when she found out where Christine had been buried, she's like, oh my God, because that's literally the area where like bridal parties walk right over her body, essentially for outdoor wedding ceremonies at this inn. That's crazy. I know. It's totally nuts. Pretty disturbing. Incredibly disturbing. So they give Junior a polygraph because they have to check the accuracy of this woven tale and and 
you know, wild surprise, he was lying. But about what part is really what that boils down to. So they bring in Justin, the cousin, and he gives the rest of the story. His side. Exactly. Justin told investigators that Junior had killed Christine, not him. The one thing they agreed on, Tia Johnson was absolutely a part of all of it. Lynn was definitely right to hound her. She, I mean, she hit the nail on the head yeah. the whole time. I mean, I, why wouldn't you think as, you know what? I'm going to hold, nope. Okay. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm All I'm going to say is that if I were Tia in this position, I would have been right next to Lynn the whole time searching for like what happened to my missing friend if I had nothing to do with it. Right. Like, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. Anyway. So it turns out Tia knew all about everything and covered it all up. Now, she blamed Justin, her cousin, for the murder of Christine. She actually backed Junior's story. But, like, meanwhile, in his version of the story, he was straight up, like, cheating on her with her best friend and then she threw her own cousin under the bus right i mean even if it wasn't true at that point she's the tiebreaker she's the only one that can like lead them either way unless she really dislikes her cousin right i don't understand why she wouldn't have just said it was junior right it's like i mean this guy's clearly a scumbag you two clearly aren't together anymore but like long story short we may never know the exact circumstances of what occurred but they know that both of them were involved And everyone was charged. The guys each got 30 years and Tia got 15. Didn't she only get five at first? And then Lynn like petitioned with the state to change their law. So, yes, because Tia was charged as an accessory after the fact. And it was realized at this point that the charge for this crime was so low, like the the actual jail time that you would get was so low that Lynn fought to have that changed and she actually named the change for her daughter, Christine, Um, which I, I think, I mean, Lynn is like, she's like a freaking superhero right? to me. She's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. And also like Mark's mom's doppelganger. Do you remember what Mark's mom's? Oh. Lo- right. I could see it. Yeah. Look at pictures of them side by side because when I was watching it, I showed Cole and I was like, tell me that's not Mark's mom. And they even kind of have like the same mannerisms and stuff. And I was like, this is nuts. This is totally (laughs) insane to me. So anyway, Lynn kept her promise to always find her daughter and never let her down. Lynn also took over the position of mom to her two grandbabies. As for the inn where Christine's body was located, well, you still can stay there, get married there, and eat their world-famous waffles. In fact, they actually were taken over by new owners in December of 2010, months after Christine's body was found. So in reality, you can go and stay there. Um, Which apparently Christina will be doing. It's really cute, guys. (laughs) It's really cute. Um... And obviously, I'd probably want to pay respects to Christine's almost final resting place. 
Did they put up any sort of memorial or anything for her? I they I know they moved her body. They didn't go into specifics on like where to. I'm assuming that she was obviously once exhumed from there, reburied in a place of choice right. with like an actual headstone and everything, so that her boys have a place to visit her and her mom has a place to visit her. Um but I don't think they did anything at the hotel. It, it certainly doesn't mention anything on the hotel website. I feel like there should be a plaque or something. I agree. <laughs> like, I mean, like there should there be something. She was. She was there for like two plus years, yeah. which is almost three, almost three years. Because it was November of 2007 that she went missing. And then um, like mid-2010 when she was found. It's crazy. It's a sad story. It is. It is. It's a really sad story. And yeah, this week's kind of a downer. Sorry. I know. I know. But next week's something. Next week is something. So we're we're actually double recording this week because or this weekend, <laughs> and so next week's episode is going to be um H H Holmes, which we're recording in five minutes. Yes, exactly. You'll listen to it next week, but we'll have it sooner than that. And that one, that's like a maze for the mind, man. H H Holmes, I. I still can't make heads or tails of that. Yeah. So. All right. That's... All right. So we're going to let you guys go on that note. Take it easy. Thank you so much. Oh, a couple of notes. Um, one, we're thinking about putting out a podcast Christmas card. So if you'd like to receive a podcast Christmas card, uh, DM us your address. This you can... isn't absolutely positive yet. But yeah, but we're, th- we're thinking about it. We're thinking about it. So if there's enough interest, we will totally do a podcast uh card and so you can dm us your address at the real crime podcast on instagram or you can message us on uh, the real crime podcast page on facebook okay or you can email oh yeah you can email us the real crime podcast at gmail.com and uh we have other fun stuff and i don't know okay everything's awesome bye bye